Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Neil, let's talk about our murder mystery today. Uh, we're going to America for this, and this guy is really interesting, and he's alive. He's alive, and it's a very macabre story, and it's early on a Saturday morning, so I will be sensitive, obviously. <laughs> but believe me, if Netflix and whoever else haven't bought the rights to this one, my <laughs> word. And I'd love to get your take on it. I mean, the man's name is Samuel Little. He is still alive. Yes, he's like a 70-year-old man. If you looked at him, you would just think he was a benign African-American yeah. uncle. Little he's, grandfather. He's you a wheel, know, gray-haired, yeah. wheelchair-bound. I think he suffers from diabetes and so on. This week, the FBI confirmed his involvement in up to minimum of 50 murders, but wow. possibly up to 93, which makes him the most prolific serial <sighs> killer in American history. And he has some serious competition in America, let's face it. How does... How does somebody? Well, anyway, yeah, well, we'll get stupid to that. question, but yeah, carry on. Well, <laughs> it obviously has a depressing answer, which we'll get to. But he's supposedly he's officially linked to sixty. He's recently claimed involvement in ninety three, and it's a fascinating, genuinely fascinating story because he carried out the bulk of these killings from the the seventies right up into the early nineties. There's a very depressing side note here, Glenn, about the American legal system, sadly, because he was arrested many, many times for various crimes, didn't serve particularly long, or the evidence wasn't substantial enough and he got minimum terms or he was released and hmm. so on. Because, and this is the depressing part, the kind of people he killed. Oh. There's a there's a real depressing part uh, societal element to it, hmm. but there's also a kind of unfortunately dark genius on the part of Samuel Little because he targeted women that society wouldn't ah, care about. Right. So we're talking predominantly about people. What we would say were on the fringes of society. Mm. Most of his victims were poor, African-American, extremely poor, right. poverty-stricken African-American women that American society just didn't care about. He often targeted... Uh, and were off the radar. Off the radar. You know, Sex workers, drug addicts, those kind of things, very, very deliberately. And and some of these people were killed by him and not even missed. You know, they weren't even put onto the missing person list and so on. So what happened was this. He finally went to prison. He's already in prison, by the way, serving a life sentence without parole. Uh, he was put away for three or four murders that he was convicted of. So you say, why now? Why did he suddenly reach the news now? Mm. Well, because there was this extraordinary dogged investigator who got him to draw pictures. This is how oh. it started. He would interview the guy, and many, many FBI investigators over the years, Glenn, had tried to pin murders on this guy. Okay. They suspected he was in this town when this person went missing. Oh, so they in. had a feeling. He oh, was... Yeah, they had a feeling. They had a feeling because there's so many of them. So this guy goes in and sees this 79-year-old man, and he interviews him in a different way. Now, this guy's had some criticism because... He said he's been too soft with him. He's been too kind with him. But he realized that when people had gone in hard with this guy, nothing worked. Because oh. he's a very tough, kind of belligerent, intelligent man. So this guy, James Holland, he's a member of the Texas Rangers. And he went in there and interviewed the guy in prison and did a couple of things, Glenn. One, he realized, weirdly, that the guy had a, a thing for sketching. He liked drawing. Hmm. So he slowly got him to start drawing his victims. And what he found very disturbing 
was that he had an almost photographic memory of mm. women from 40 years ago. Couldn't necessarily remember what he had for breakfast, but could remember what certain women looked like. Ugh. And he had this strange relationship with them that he, he found very loving and caring. He said, oh, I remember that woman. She was, she was a sweet woman to me. She was kind. And then I killed her. <laughs> Up to the point that he killed her. Yeah. Now, huh. the next point was, and this is where this guy Holland, this Texas Ranger, has been criticized, but he says, I was just doing my job as an investigator. He kind of pandered to his ego a bit because what he had this strange moral code, this serial killer. He's killed some, this little, has killed something like 90 plus women, but oh. he didn't like it in the media that they were calling him a sex killer. He was very, and I put this word in inverted commas, proud of the fact that he never raped his victims. There was no sexual element to it, which actually makes the motive all the more macabre. There was some petty theft involved, but nothing significant. Mm. He just killed them. Mm. He just befriended them. And because he was an ex-boxer, he would do this one punch thing to knock them out. So there was hardly any physical element to it. Mm. And then he would strangle them. So that made him very hard to catch for several reasons. So there's a, there's a macabre genius at work because he knows, I don't want to get too, and I won't, but because there's no rape or sexual element, he leaves very little traces at the scene of the crime. Sure, sure. He hits them with one punch, so there's hardly any physical contact, and then he strangles them. So he leaves almost very little of himself in a DNA sense at the scene of the crime. I'm assuming he was wearing gloves. Yeah. Almost impossible to catch. So he knew even then, if there's no sexual element, if there's no heavy, physical, lots of restraining, lots of struggling element, he's not leaving much behind. So this guy said Mm. to him, you know they think you're a sex killer. You know they think you're a rapist. He said, no, I didn't rape them. I just killed them. I just killed them. And I can prove it and I can prove it. Mm. So he said, well, talk to me. Talk to me. Draw for me. So he would start drawing out the victims. And almost childlike, these illustrations, if you see them. But there's enough detail on He could remember what they was wearing. Hmm. He could remember the length of their hair. He could remember the jewellery they was wearing from 30, 40 years ago. And slowly, these illustrations became one, became two. And he was drawing 60. And and I've seen them online. They are spooky in their juvenile nature. They're Hmm. almost scary to look at, Hmm. even though they're just because he's drawing dead people. And while he's drawing these people... The guy, the, the, this Texas Ranger, uh, James Holland, would bring him fast food, his favorite soft drinks, mm. pizza. So they would have pizza and I, th- I think they would have non-alcoholic beer. And over sort of non-alcoholic beer and pizza, he would happily talk about the 90-plus women that he Shit. killed. As long as it was made clear that there was no sexual element yeah. involved, he was quite happy to draw their sketches and 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 and, and re- reveal everything where many other investigators had failed. Failed. Right? This guy had succeeded. Did they figure out so what what his motive was behind this? Uh, you know, obviously you, you mentioned women kind of on the fringes of society. Um, there there wasn't a physical no nope. uh, attraction or whatever. Just no idea, huh? You have thought the exact same question that I've spent two days trying to find. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What's the motive here? And I've read a dozen articles on this. Many FBI investigators have done likewise because there was he, he's always been a petty thief mm. and he's always been a, guilty of assault. And he's been in and out of prison on and off. And again, this brings us back to the tragic part. He should have been put away many years mm. ago, but mm. there were no victims, uh, relatives to come forward mm. and witnesses were never credible because yeah, he yeah. would deliberately target the most drug-ravaged yeah, towns yeah. and 
ghettos. And so nine times out of 10, the witnesses who would see him get into a car with a victim would be drug dealers or drug yeah. addicts or prostitutes and so on. And they would dismiss that out of court. So he would just, and he, he had a quote here that says, they were broke, they were homeless, and they walked right into my spider web. Hmm. And he would laugh when he would say things like this in the interrogation, not interrogations, in these chats, these beer and pizza yeah. chats. So the only motive they seem to have come out of with, he killed them because he could, because there was some sort of ego there that he took great pride in the cunning. And he never hung around. He would deliberately pick his victim. Okay, there's a drug addict. That These poor African-Americans on the fringes yeah. of society, mm. if I kill this one, I'll flee town. It's another one I won't be caught. So at this stage, it does just seem to be ego that he kind of reveled in his own cunning. Very you know, strange, huh? Very strange. So he was a prize fighter when he was young, so he knew one punch would knock them out, strangle, move on. Next punch, next town, one punch, knock them out, strangle, move on. And he would take, he would sit there, Glenn, this little guy in his prison cell, he would sit there, yeah, and you look at the illustrations now, and he would sing to himself while he was drawing these cra- with pictures. And it was the investigator who noticed that he would sit in his jail cell with crayons, little pastel crayons, chalk crayons, and draw for pleasure. And that was the psychological breakthrough. I'll just get him to draw. And he would sit drawing each of these victims, and he would remember the eyeshadow they were wearing. He would sing while he was singing. He actually says more than once, oh, I really love this one. I really love this one. And then I killed her. No you, remorse whatsoever. If you go online and, and, um, and Google Samuel Little drawings, you, up comes and then go to images, for example, on your Google search. It brings up – I mean these drawings are actually amazingly good. Yeah. Like they're in color. They're very detailed. I mean you could definitely see – how you could recognize a victim. Yeah, there's more than enough from, to from match these. them to missing persons lists, yeah. which they did, and murder victims, which they have since done. And they have, I mean, I can imagine the horror because when you know who these victims are and you know who the artist is, yeah. there's something genuinely horrific about them, isn't there? Yeah, there's absolutely. something genuinely spooky about them, the way he's drawn them in such uh, detail. And I can just imagine the FBI investigators when they're starting to match each crayon drawing uh, with uh. each victim and gone, my word, yeah. this guy's almost killed a hundred people. Single-handedly, one at a time. A hundred, almost a hundred different murders in a hundred different locations for a period of 40 years. And the saddest thing is he did it, he targeted very specifically. And I hate to say it because it's the truth, never wealthy people. Yeah. He never targeted wealthy people. He seldom targeted white people. Mm. never targeted white blonde people because there's actually been profiles written about this. I know because I've done research on my own crime thrillers. They call it the something along the lines of the blonde white woman syndrome. Yeah. It gets more publicity in the media than any other victim, particularly in America. He never targeted those because he knew poor, broken, African-American women just would not register in the media and in the general psyche of the American public. And for 40 years, Glenn... He was proven right. Unbelievable. Our murder mystery today, Samuel Little, America's most prolific serial killer. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.